presented by Climate Power. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Eugene Daniels. It's Tuesday, August 15th. There is only one thing driving the day today, and that is a brand new indictment returned by the Georgia grand jury light last night. I'm talking late, y'all, very late. If I sound gross, that's because it's their fault because we stayed up late waiting for this. Former President Donald Trump and 18 others were indicted by this grand jury. People like Rudy Giuliani, his former lawyer, Mark Meadows, his former White House chief of staff, John Eastman and Jenna Ellis, folks that were lawyers for President Trump at the time. And it's very, very complicated. So joining me now to discuss what we know, what we still don't know in, in this case is legal affairs reporter Kyle Cheney. Kyle, it is just after midnight, just hour or so since we heard the news. We thought we'd, we'd be having this conversation um, maybe Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning for this podcast. Um, but Fannie Willis in, in Georgia and the jury pushed through, finished their interviews. You know, by the looks of it, this is by far the most extensive and kind of complicated web of the fourth indictments. And maybe the one for the folks involved, Donald Trump and his 18, the 18 other people here, maybe the most difficult to fight. And I, I'm curious if you can, can untangle that for folks. Sure. So uh, what I found interesting was, you know, 98 page indictment, but if you read through it, we knew a lot of this stuff. This stuff came out yeah. in January 6th committee. It came out in, in Jack Smith's recent indictment. It's come out in dribs and drabs for the last couple of years. And so I, I don't think anyone who's followed this is having any sort of aha moment of we didn't know this this occurred. But what you're seeing is all of the evidence assembled in one place. And yes, as you pointed out, the the people charged alongside Trump is really where the you know, the jaw-dropping stuff is it's the fact that you're seeing Mark Meadows' name in an indictment, um, John Eastman, you know, Jeff Clark, people who were at the center, of, for example, of the January 6th committee's assembly assembly of the evidence, but have not faced a criminal charge. For for Donald Trump, this is his fourth set of criminal charges. Mm. <laughs> so it's almost <laughs> it's almost old hat at this point for him. Yes, yeah, routine for, rest, for him at this right. point. Right. For the rest yeah. of them, this is, this, you know, we now have the criminal enterprise, as, as Fonnie Willis put it. Yeah. yeah. Talk me through that kind of cr um, criminal enterprise, because we're not lawyers, but we've probably all heard at some point RICO or racketeering when watching Law & Order something throughout the years. And so that's something that a lot of Americans have heard. Finally, Willis says that this will be her 11th RICO indictment since 2021 when she um, became DA. So talk to me through what she and the jury and everybody have, have kind of said, this is the criminal racketeering enterprise to overturn the results in Georgia. So what that basically means is it's this large collection of individuals who are all working towards the same goal in a very discrete time period. And that goal in this case was to corrupt the outcome of the 2020 election. And there were several ways in which she outlined that they tried to do this. Um, again, familiar to a lot of people, uh, creating false slates of presidential electors uh, was one example, you know, using the Justice Department to put uh, pressure on states to appoint their own new slates of pro-Trump electors was another example. Pressuring Mike Pence was another example. But all of the, these figures were connected through that one common shared effort to overturn the election. A couple of new elements in this indictment not not seen elsewhere is uh, charges related to the harassment of, of Ruby Freeman, 
Georgia election worker who uh, received threats after Trump and Giuliani and others uh, targeted her as some sort of proof of, of fraud uh, based on false claims and misunderstanding or false portrayal of videos uh, of you know the counting of votes that she was involved in. Um, and also a breach of election equipment in Coffee County, Georgia, where some Trump allies basically gave unauthorized access to some of their, their allies to, uh, get it breach and go get into voting equipment in ways that could corrupt it for the future. Not all of them knew each other. Not all of them were related, but again, linked by this shared goal. And shared person in, 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 um, Donald Trump as Fannie Willis. In Donald Trump. Exactly. Say. All uh, these folks are obviously innocent until proven guilty, but this is when it comes to all of the legal woes that Donald Trump faces, has faced his and you know his his entire kind of public career. This one is the one we know the most about, right? You mentioned the January 6th committee. We saw um, Jack Smith's indictment, um, his federal indictment, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, these names that we're seeing, Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, John Eastman, Jeffrey Clark, Jenna Ellis, um, these are people who, if you watched the January 6th committee hearings or just watched coverage of it, we saw their faces talking about this. We heard how they viewed it. And so it feels like there's so much out there. And I'm curious how you think that um, either makes this case easier for Fannie Willis or easier for the defendants to kind of counter. Like, are the, uh, is the country, you know, is, is it, have we hit in the, um, been there, done that? phase of this? Do you think that impacts it at all? I think there is going to be a, a sense of that. I think I think it's important to resist that in a sense, but I think there is going to be a sense of, well, there's nothing new here. It's old news. Why are we, you know, getting all, all worked up about stuff we already knew? But the point is th- to assemble a criminal case like this, especially one as sprawling as this, it takes a lot of time. And so while we in the media, while we, uh, you know, Cover things at the, at the speed that we do. We we talk to the to people, sort of squeeze out information when we can, and learn things along the way as the investigations progress. They can't bring these charges until they have all of it. And so, you know, why it took as long as it did. Some of that's the resistance of some of these very f- people to to testifying or to providing evidence. Um, you know, some of it is just the complexity of it, and and whether some of this stuff actually fits into a criminal charge. You know, when you have a president and his allies taking actions, a lot of what they do is protected by, you know, their own immunity for for, you know, the the operation of the their public office. And so it's very tricky to separate out, you know, what you can do appropriately as a as a government official, um, and what it you know fits into a criminal charge. It's a little different at the state level. State you know state charges are are, are very different than you know federal immunity for federal officials, but. It's um, it's just a very complicated web. Kyle, what does this timetable look like? Right, we have four different indictments um, that have popped up. All of these these prosecutors likely want to get it get theirs out of the way first, right? They want to they want to move quickly. Um, Fannie Willis and Jack Smith are operating with a lot of the same people and a lot of the same facts, a lot of the same witnesses. So they are clearly going to have to be in contact to figure out who goes first. But most immediately, what are we going to see in this Georgia case, right? Fannie Willis says that she wants to ask for a trial date within the next six months. What is What, what else do we know about kind of how quickly or slowly the, this Georgia case is going to move forward? 
that that's pretty ambitious. I mean, as you, you noted, this is the this is the fourth criminal case. Uh, the federal government, Jack Smith, wants to put Trump on trial for this exact same conduct in January. So we're talking five months or less away. And there's the, the, the other Jack Smith trial, the Trump's retention of classified information, scheduled for May. That's already on the books. And a trial in New York and Manhattan is scheduled in March. So there's not a whole lot of wiggle room here, especially, you know, Jack Smith says that first January 6th trial going to be four to six weeks just for the government side, probably another couple of weeks for the defense. So that's, that's two months on the calendar already. You know, Alvin Bragg in Manhattan has said he's willing to move his case if others take precedence or seem more urgent. You know, so we'll see if that becomes a, a factor here. But there's not a whole lot of wiggle room, especially if you're trying to avoid the heart of campaign season, which, you know, post, you know, when you get to the convention sort of time frame, you know, that period and after usually is off limits for these kinds of extraordinary criminal, you know, actions. Wow. What, what a moment, what a night. Thank you, sir, for, for staying up and, and doing this coverage for political and, and hopping on our podcast. So you, you get some rest. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you all for staying up. Thank you. And for your schedule today, both chambers of Congress are out. President Biden, though, is going to be spending part of his day in Wisconsin, where he is set to deliver remarks ahead of the first anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act. He'll take a tour of a clean energy manufacturing company, and you will hear from the president, the vice president, and others within the administration as they kind of look forward for, to that first anniversary of one of their signature pieces of legislation. I'm Eugene Daniels. Thanks for listening. In just one year, President Biden's clean energy plan has created over 170,600 new good-paying clean energy jobs at battery manufacturing plants, electric vehicle facilities, wind, and solar developments, with more jobs announced every day. Thanks to Biden's clean energy plan, our economy is booming, costs are coming down, and we are reducing harmful pollution, all made possible by President Biden's clean energy plan that invests in America.